Hi, everybody. This is Dawn Mitchell, and welcome to Dawn of Sports. Another great week now that Jim and I are back from vacation, and we're doubling up. We're getting a power duo of sports and just and beauty, to be quite honest with you. Best-looking couple like in town, I would say. Ron and Shawnee Johnson. You may know Ron Johnson from our pregame show, Vikings Game Day Live, and all of the stuff he does for Vikings coverage. Former Gopher wide receiver, former NFL wide receiver, his dad has won two Super Bowls, but his wife, let me tell you, he outkicked his coverage. Shawnee is an Olympian and a former gopher, two-time USA indoor champ, two-time USA outdoor champ, you name it. She owned the triple jump and both Ron and Shawnee are in the University of Minnesota Athletic Hall of Fame. Unbelievable. The M Club Hall of Fame. What a powerful duo. I can't wait to share with you. Welcome back to Dawn of Sports, starring Don Mitchell of Fox 9. I'm Jim Suhan. Our producer is Brandon Morton. Uh, we're Don and I are both coming off vacation. I like vacation. You know, there was a time in my life, Don, where I was kind of a workaholic and I somewhat feared or didn't trust the idea of vacation. Now I can't get enough of it. Uh, feeling the sun on my skin was a good deal. How was your vacation? Oh, it was awesome. You know, I'm kind of the same way. Even this year, I said to my bosses, I said, hey, now that Vikings are over, I know I have like three days to roll over. Can I take them? And he was like, uh, you have 12 to roll over? <laughs> so, yes. So I'm like, okay, bye. So I went to St. Thomas. Oh, I had never been there before. Um, I didn't mind my little pit stop in Puerto Rico because I had never been there before. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and I have a good college friend that's from Puerto Rico, so um, it, it was just a little stop, but it was so beautiful, and the weather, except for one day, it rained in the morning, but I was like, give me the sun, trust me, all the people out there for sunscreen, yes, I came out pale, um, I'm a Q-tip, so I slather myself in sunscreen, but I still got some sun, it, and, and I slow rolled every morning, I was I, getting back to work yesterday was hard, I'm like, yeah, man. Oh, oh, I mean, I got to work. I got to work. Yeah. Well, uh, I love Puerto Rico. My wife and I vacationed there. Uh, I love oh. St. Thomas. We've been there. Uh, we went to the Bahamas. We went, actually Ooh. took a cruise that went to the Bahamas. First time in Nas Nassau. Uh, the areas of Nassau we saw, we loved. We also saw a report that like 16 people had just been murdered. So we didn't see the bad sections. Uh, but what? Just, I didn't yeah, hear I know, that. Wow. And you know what? Every Every place has its... Tough areas, Pickups. it's gangs, it's tough problems. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you know, so I don't want to overreact to that any more than people overreact to any crime they see coming out of Minneapolis. I live in Minneapolis and I haven't seen, I've never, I've been here for 10 years. I've never seen a crime committed. So there's always that mm -hmm. dichotomy between, you know, what can pop as a news story and what re life is actually like for people who live in a normal neighborhood. But short story, God, it was great. Uh, it was absolutely great. I love the Caribbean, and I'm, gl I'm glad we're both back, though. we got a lot to talk about. Uh, first of all, introduce your guests for the day, and then we'll talk some local sports. Oh, I'm really excited, too. Um, I know Ron Johnson very well. If you guys watch Vikings Game Day Live, former gopher, former NFL wide receiver, he is on the show, but that's not the only caveat. I wanted to do this interview with also his wife because I'm about empowering women. And let me tell you, Ron will be the first one to say um, she is the more decorated athlete. Shawnee Johnson, if you might have known her back in her college, Shawnee Marks, Olympian, 
triple jump champion, two-time USA indoor track and field champ um, for triple jump, um, two-time USA outdoor champ. I mean, she is amazing. Um, so I have them both on. And also they have two young daughters that they are helping, of course, navigate the world, but in, in sports, just to see how Ron has changed as a dad and then talk to Shawnee, who's also coaching now in high school. Um, I just like the power couple and more than just what you see behind, I mean, in the headlines, I'm taking you behind the headlines. So that's kind of cool. That's great stuff. Uh, and you've, you've done such a great job of bringing us fantastic guests. Uh, Thank you. Know, you. And, you know, and some of them have been uh, women athletes, some have been women entrepreneurs or, uh, you know, media figures. You've had, you know, great national guests on like Mike Tirico and Jim Cott, we've had Chad Greenway, Brian Robinson. Uh, you know, we've had uh, Laura Oakman, we've had Andre Yak, Katie Storm, uh, just a great list. And Ron, Ron and his wife uh, and Shawnee Marks, a great athlete, a great mm-hmm. athlete, uh, great addition to the list. Thank you for doing that. Now let's get to some local sports. Uh, by the way, we're sponsored by Rudy with her Toyota. We appreciate the way they support us and what, more importantly, women's sports in general. Also, I thank a couple of our our network-wide most important sponsors, TSR Injury Law, 612 TSR Time, and Twill in the Dining Gallery, my favorite men's clothing store, a great place for either you or buying your loved one something. I highly recommend that store. Uh, also want to let you know that this Saturday, February 3rd, 7 p.m., the John Krasinski Show will be live at Headflyer Brewing. Our guest, Woo! Chris Finch. Chris Finch, uh, great, uh, just a really great nice guess. thing for him to do to come out. And, you know, NBA coaches don't go out and do – Local podcast. It doesn't happen. Chris Finch mm. is a down enough, down to earth enough to be willing to come out and spend time with us. Really looking forward to that show. Now let's talk about the Wolves. They, uh, <sighs> it had been a, a very difficult up and down month, but they were kind of hanging, still hanging on that number one seed. You go to Oklahoma City, tough place to play. Excellent team, excellently coached team. They win. They win going away. They finally play a good fourth quarter. And then Anthony Edwards goes off on the refs. It's such a catch-22, Don. It's like, I I agree. Carl Anthony Towns does not get his share of calls. Now Anthony Edwards is not getting his share of calls. And it puts these athletes in a very diff- difficult situation. You know, if you don't complain about it, you're accepting the status quo and accept, accepting you don't get calls that can change a game. If you complain about it, things might get even worse. You know, you're absolutely right. But I, I love the fact he said something because a guy like Ant is the guy that, all right, so now the refs might be mad, right? And retaliate. You might not get any calls, but he's so talented enough to rise above that. But I, you look at that replay and the fact that the NBA doubled down on that and saying that it was what minimal, you know, minimal contact or whatever their exact word was. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, oh, and I'm not a local sports apologist, but I'm like, come on. But he wasn't getting calls. Um, and the fact that he said something and then he said it on the bench. Right. And, and we can say it on this podcast. I couldn't say it on air last night, but, you know, cheating ass refs. That's what he said. <laughs> the camera saw his lips say it. And yep. then the fact that with Leah B. Olson, who we have had on the show, he doubled down, and said, I'm going to take the fine, <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know how, and, and then he moved on. He didn't like go on and just trash them constantly, but uh, he made his point. 
And we all know, Jim, we've seen it for the past few years. I mean, there's the superstars that get the calls no matter what. And then there's the people that don't. And, you know, traveling doesn't even exist in the NBA anymore. Um, You know, we see those sensational buckets because of it sometimes. But I don't know. I was happy he said something. But it will be interesting to see what happens tonight versus Dallas. You know, do... Do all the refs get together and be like, okay, this guy's mouthing off. I'm interested to see what fine he does get because you know he is going to be fine, especially when the NBA came back and said, yeah, no, we made the right call. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. I would say that uh, arguing arguing for your fair share of calls is absolutely within the right of an athlete or a coach. And at some point, if you're not getting those calls, you might as well take the chance and, and push that button. I would just say – just, you know, if I were advising Anthony Edwards, I'd say, argue for the call, argue for this, argue the specific calls, uh, send right. the specific calls to the league. Don't go down the road or pretending there's some kind of a conspiracy. Is it just, even if it's true, it's not true, but even if it were true, it won't do you any good. There's a difference between saying you messed up, which all of us can be accused of at times, and you are dirty. And that's, that's a, there's a gap between those two. I'm not sure he should take that step. That's true. And we all know it was in the heat of the moment, yep. you know, uh, which is why we in media, we love to talk to the athletes right after because yes. that's their pu- pure emotion. Um, and so the fact that it's, this kid doesn't lie <laughs> to his detriment, he might be honest, but it, it was for me, it was refreshing. But yes, afterwards, I'd be like, OK, you've said your piece. Now let your play dictate how you are on the court. And he's talented enough to do it. So. Maybe this will motivate him to take it to even higher level. Maybe. Um, and I, I just hope – because I hardly ever – Brandon knows this. I hardly ever blame officials, refs, umps for outcomes of games. Um, I, I think it's the, the, it's not the way to go. It's too easy. In this case, though, I'm sick of seeing Anthony Edwards dunk and get his forearm yanked and not get a call. Or Carl Anthony Towns earlier this month – uh, get his arm pulled away from his right. body as he was trying to shoot a, a very important shot. I, I'm tired of it. And, and then the uh, hacker Rudy that's been going on. Yeah. I just don't think that rule. I, I think hacking like the hacker Rudy, the hacker wh- whomever rule, that should be an intentional yeah. foul. You yeah. should get two shots and the ball. That, that strategy should not be rewarded. Amen. Amen. Let, let's talk uh, Let's talk about some women's sports here in a second. We Ooh. do want to thank Rudy Luther Toyota. Ready for a women-forward car dealership? Rudy Luther Toyota empowers their many women on staff in sales, management, and service. Whether you are looking for a new Toyota or pre-owned vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota has something for everyone. Every vehicle comes with a Luther Advantage. Ten cents off fuel and car wash discounts at holiday stations. Luther Advantage Warranty, and five-day return policy on pre-owned vehicles. Located just five minutes west of downtown Minneapolis, off 394 and General Mills Boulevard. And they're also hiring. Want to join the team but don't know where to start? Visit RudyLutherToyota.com today. All right, so terrible news for the Gopher women's basketball team. Marbron injures her foot. She's probably out for the year. Um, And I was, I have such high expectations for her. I kept on waiting for her to really break through and then she gets hurt. And then I go look at the numbers and she's one of the leading scorers, one of the most best shooters in the big 10 as a sophomore. 
she was having a very good season. She plays hard on defense. She's unselfish. Uh, she's a great defensive communicator. So, you know, I expect even more from her. But objectively, she was having a very good season. She is their team's best player. And her going down really damages their chances. Maybe Sanders comes in the starting lineup and makes up for some of what she was doing. It's just a shame, though, because I, th- I think the way Dawn coaches and with the age of so many of her best players, that this second half of the season was going to be really instrumental for them, not only in trying to have a good season, but also setting up for future success. And Mara's injury just damages all of that. It does. And, you know, I wonder what the effect of that, because she's going to have surgery, from what I understand, on that foot and, and you know, out indefinitely or never two words that you want to see together at all. But when you have a new coach and a a team that's young and still finding their footing, no pun intended, um, that could have an emotional impact on the team. And you're going into tonight, even though you're hosting and you're at home, which will help, you know, you're hosting Penn State, uh, one of the hottest teams right now in the Big Ten. They have five straight wins. Ashley Awusu, I think I say her name right, she's been on fire. They've been 5-0 and since she's been playing. Um, it's, it's just like this perfect storm for things to unravel. And so I am really curious to see how Amaya Battle, Mallory Heyer, you know, Sophie Hart, just how they respond without having Mara on the court. So it's, it's like the worst timing ever. Um, I just hope they can rise above. I mean, sometimes other stars shine when they have to. So, uh, it'll be a true, uh, testimony to how Don can coach up these girls, women. Yes. And, and women. Sanders has come on strong lately and she is an active player who can get to the rim. You know, it's not, not that anything good is going to come of Mara's injury, but you know, maybe, maybe for the long run, other people having to play larger roles could end up helping them. Let's do our Minnesota Aurora minute. Yeah. Minnesota Aurora, a community owned women led pre-professional soccer team playing in the USLW league. Uh, we have had Nicole Lukic, our uh, on as a guest before Andre Yak, found one of the founders has been on the show before. I uh, just want to remind you, Minnesota Aurora FC sporting director and head coach Nicole Lukic, recognized as a Minneapolis St. Paul Business Journal 40 under 40 honoree. Outstanding, she deserves it. A great human as well as a great coach. Also, Minnesota Aurora FC welcomes Colette Montgomery and Mandy. And I I hate to take a chance on her last name. I'm going to give it a shot here. Poka Bradsky to co- to their coaching staff for the 2024 season. Uh, we're getting, you know, hey, we're getting close to spring sports, summer sports starting up, or at least being a big subject of conversation. I, I always look forward to covering the, the Aurora. These are classy people, and it's a very entertaining style. So congratulations to them. Anything to add about the Aurora? Dawn. And I believe season tickets are going on sale as of today. Cool. Um, and today is, I think it's Wednesday. I mean, when you're back on vacation, you're like, yeah. what day is it? January 55th. That's what we're at right now. <laughs> long, long week, long, long week for me. But I believe that the tickets go on sale. Um, and I know Nicole has been counting down the day. So if you follow her on social media, Nicole will give you the exact amount of days until the season starts. So um, it's kind of amazing. And, you know, I'm just thrilled um, at this 40 under 40 for Nicole because yeah. it's almost like like you were saying with Mara Braun, right? People are like, okay, I love Minnesota Roar. They're so good. But when you look and say she has not had a regular season loss since they started this team. 
That's impressive. And I know when we had Nicole on, she's like, yeah, but I was mad about the tie and mad that we didn't win the championship games. That's what you want to hear from a coach. But when you look at just what she's done and also at the social impact level and how she's already made a mark starting as head coach. Now she's sporting director and, and just doing amazing things. She's she's earned it for sure. No doubt about it. We'll be doing the Chin Music Show on Friday with Roy and Lavelle. We did a really good show with Roy and Joe Mowers on Joe Mowers' induction last week. Uh, what Which interests you more, Mauer going to the hall or the trade they just made? Oh, okay. It's kind of like a past and present for me. I can yeah. enjoy both of them. Um, and I was of the rare ilk. And many people didn't think so. Um, you know, oh, he's not going to get in on the first try. It, it's Cooperstown. And I'm like, I think he's going to again. The numbers don't lie. You know, say what you will. The numbers don't lie. And I'm so excited for him. It, it couldn't happen to a nicer man, family, uh, person. And um, I was just so thrilled. But to see the trade, too, as much as I love Jorge, you know, I, I kind of think the twins got an awesome deal. So I was, I'm really happy with what Falvey has done. And, um, you know, get, get some arms in here. Let's see what we can do. The infielders now, you know, there's kind of a log jam. Um, but I think now that they've got that extra cash too, it'll be interesting to see who else they get. They're not done. So that kind of gets me revving for the season at hand and just so excited for Joe Maurer. So it's kind of a, it was a win-win for me. Yeah, I really thought Joe would get in and I liked the deal. I know a lot of Twins fans hate it because they didn't get that star pitcher or and they got cash back and twins yeah. fans are just just triggered by any cash considerations when it comes to the polads and the twins i just think the big picture here is if buxton correa royce lewis are healthy and have st- you know kind of close to what you would normally expect to them offensively this is gonna be a really good team and the bullpen yeah. might be the bull best they have a chance of having the best bullpen the twins have ever had yeah, because you don't want to tweak too much what you did last year, right? You, you know, it's so it's a very delicate balance. So I I liked the trade. I may be in the minority, but I liked it. Yeah, I'm in the minority, and I did like it as well. I wrote about it in Star Tribune, of course. All right, any final thoughts before we get to Ron and his wife? Yeah, I actually have two. So sure. uh, back to girls basketball really quick. Last night, I want to give a shout out. Like we said, today is Wednesday, January 55th. Um, Tori Orline from Crosby, Iron, Crosby, excuse me, Ironton scored her 3,000th point. She's a sophomore. She's wow. the first sophomore in the history of Minnesota girls high school basketball to do that. And she's not going to be alone. Because Maddie Greenway was not far behind. Now, um, Tori entered just needing one point, you know, so she got a layup and then she was already, she already got the record. And I forget what she ended up with. Um, Maddie entered yesterday's game with only w- needing 72. So she's going to do that in the next couple of games. Um, when I went on air last night, I was trying to find out how many points did Maddie Greenway get so that I can do the math so we can be on Maddie watch now, you know, so she'll join her as only the second sophomore to have two sophomores score 3000 points is just incredible and unheard of until this year. And, uh, I even texted Chad and said, Hey, how many points? This was right after the game. Did Maddie get, and he goes, I, I think 35. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'm not Hard sure. Yeah. So, um, we'll double check on that, but Maddie Greenway will be the next to follow. So, um, you know, Providence Academy also 
has Adrian Peterson's daughter Allie on it. Um, girls basketball for high school in the state um, has always been great, and I just I love it continuing. You know, here's here are the new stars, and and yes, we've all heard about Maddie Greenway, but Tori Orline getting her due um, last night, and I was just so happy for her. And I want to touch briefly, Jim. You're gonna roll your eyes because um, you know that after the first initial Taylor Swift thing where I was like, this is a publicity stunt. I am not for it. But the whole rest of the season, we've just kind of seen their relationship or whatever blossom. I am for it. And I read something and I don't know if this is the exact number, but Taylor Swift has earned $330 million for the NFL this year by her showing up. And, and being in there. So uh, a friend of mine posted on Facebook. It was when um, Jason Kelsey kind of did his shirt, you know, jumping yes. out of the window kind of thing, which I loved. I thought it was I hilarious. Love it. I love how he said, I didn't ask my wife for permission. I just gave her a heads up. I like, you know, I like that too. That's a healthy relationship right there. <laughs> um, what I liked though, my friends were saying, oh, and, and of course it's tongue in cheek. Stop showing Jason Kelsey. It's a distraction. What he's doing has nothing to do with the actual game. <laughs> and she goes on and on. She goes, um, does that sound familiar? And uh, I was like, yes, bingo, right? Bingo. Like, let people enjoy life. Let people enjoy life. So I'm all for it. I, you know, it'll be interesting now. I think uh, today's show or somebody did, can Taylor Swift make it from her concert in time? And with the time difference, and if she hops right on her jet, she might be able to make it to the Super Bowl. So um, I, I lo- I'm enjoying the sideshow um, because it's legit. You know, you don't fake those feelings. Whether this relationship turns into a marriage or last, I don't, I don't really care. But I'm just enjoying it. It's no different if I lived in the time of Joe DiMaggio and Marilyn Monroe, right? I mean, this story of athlete and famous person is as old as time. So. Let's just enjoy this version of it. Don't be so well, sour. Uh, well, there's not a, you, not you personally. Not me. Jim. No, I know. But <laughs> and there are a lot of tentacles to this, including the idea that Taylor Swift is some kind of a a psyop operation. Uh, it's <laughs> listen. It just just talk to the people in your life and those who think that Taylor Swift is is like a an agent. Uh, you can just distance yourself slowly from them. Just move yeah. slowly away and lose their phone number. You don't have to deal with them anymore. Uh, I love these people that think it's a psyop and then you you realize like on some big clusters that, you know, the world and the country have to figure out you can't. You're like, so do you really think that, you know, it's just like the movies, like she's some psyop and out to do this. Uh, it, it does make you laugh. It, it either makes you laugh or cry or both. It, it does elicit a range of emotions, but I just, I love, I just, here's the thing. Taylor Swift is the closest we have to the Beatles right now. She's the closest mega crossover musical superstar we have. She is great for the league. Uh, she obviously hasn't held the Chiefs back, despite another thing they got she got accused of earlier this season. Uh, right. She's a good human being. She pays her her dancers and the people who work on her. Th- she pays them an incredible amount of money. She treats people well. Uh, she's a superstar. And so is Travis and Travis Kelsey and his brother are both going to be first ballot Hall of Famers. So take whatever shots you want, man. Their lives are better than yours. And, you know, I think Colin Cowherd, I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, I don't agree with (laughs) everything he says, but he had a good rant on it um, about, well, how come 
uh, a woman can just hurt your fragile ego so so easily. You know? well, and you know what? That's, uh, that's, one of those, that's one of those times when the question is also the answer. Yes. Yes. And he said um, one of the TV networks added up how much time she was on air, and it was something like an average of 24 seconds in the yeah. game. 24 yeah. seconds in the entire game, if you added all the cutaways. So 24 seconds, he said, for those of you who say it's a distraction, you know, you're lying because there's so many other distractions that go on during an, uh, you know, an NFL game, plus the commercials for Super Bowl. I mean, you know, people aren't just there for football. That's why there's so many replays and cutaways and commercials. And um, so just, you know, I think it's just Taylor Swift herself that's such a lightning rod, which I don't understand. You know, for me, I just said, uh, just don't like fake it, like put a Kardashian in there, like cheering on the box. And then she's just there to make a name or whatever. But we see that they're actually dating the family. She loves the family. Just let it be. Oh, I feel like a Beatles song is coming on. Yeah. Well, she, she, she's great. And she scares people who are afraid of strong women. It's that simple. Yep. All right. So that's the end of my rant. There you go. (laughs) Now we're going to transition to a strong woman. And who is married to Ron Johnson. Uh, I'm really glad that uh, Dawn set up this interview. Really looking forward to it. Hey, thanks to everyone who listens. We do appreciate it. Check out all the other shows at talknorth.com. Come see it at Headflyer Brewing on Saturday night. Thanks again to Rudy Luther Toyota. And uh, here, here's another great interview from Dawn. I am so happy this week to have this Minnesota power couple. And that's what I call them. Because if you've heard of... Shawnee Johnson and Ron Johnson, both in the Minnesota, the M Club Hall of Fame, and athletes in their own right, let alone married and raising two unbelievable female athletes on their own. I want to welcome Ron and Shawnee to the podcast. You guys, thanks for joining us. This is amazing. Um, you, I don't know when you sleep because you guys are always going. You're either working, you've got your girls, but thanks for taking the time to come on. Of course. Thanks for having us. Thank you. We're going to, hey, Ron, you and I know each other really well from doing all the shows together, but I actually met Shawnee first. So we're going to go way back to when you were in college, Shawnee. And I think it was right before your Olympic trials uh, mm-hmm. and you had had back surgery and then you came back from that, if I'm recalling it correctly, and then you were going to do the Olympic trials. So way back then is when I first met you. I think I was brand new to Minnesota. You could not have been lovelier. Look like a model going around the track, doing your triple jumps and your long jumps. <laughs> but does that seem like so long ago for you? It seems like yesterday for me. What are you talking about? College was just like <laughs> just a few years ago. No, it, it feels like a different lifetime for sure. <laughs> How is it? I know everyone probably comes out of the gate and asking you, what is it like to represent your country at the Olympics? What was that for you? Um, It was, well, yes, I get that question a lot. Um, And actually, the story leading up to get there um, is that's actually the great part of the story, because that's what makes it worth it, right? Like if you, if everybody just got to be there, it wouldn't be special. Um, but for the Olympics, you're actually, you're fighting and you're persevering and you are, um, getting through adversity for years before people see you on any sort of big stage. Um, 
And that's where the meaning comes from, right? Is the work that it takes to get there. Um, mm, exactly. And so once I was there, you know, the hard work is most of it's done at that point. Um, so it really is you're sitting in that joy and that gratefulness. Um, yeah, just pure gratitude for for the opportunity to represent your country on that sort of stage. So, um, and that's where I found myself that just few years ago. <laughs> it's just being, just being grateful um, to be able to get that kind of experience and opportunity. And being such a great track athlete, whether you're indoor and outdoor, what made you and I'm just saying this just from looking at all of the the things that you've done. What made you want to maybe especially do triple jump, which is probably the hardest? I did long jump in high school, you know, that kind of stuff. High jump, long jump, triple jump. I could not wrap my feet around and I was a dancer. You have to be coordinated. Was it just something yeah. that you loved or what, what made you go that route? Well, actually, funny story. Um, uh, in high school... I did long jump and like the 100, 200, 400. Um, and I never did triple jump. I don't even know if it was something that was really on my radar, but I remember wanting to try everything. Like I remember with my coaches, like I wanted to try all of these events. I wanted to do all the things. And they were like, no, we just need you in these events and get us all the points. We can't do all the events. And so when I went to college, actually, it wasn't until, um, well, like you said, I'd had that back surgery mm-hmm. and it wasn't my idea. It was my coaches. It's something that my coach saw in me, um, that was kind of off my radar. So I was about two years off of my back surgery that I had in high school. Um, and I think he could just see it just from the plyos that we would all, everybody on the team would do kind of the same plyos and jumping kind of general strength power, um, exercises. And he was like, why don't we try triple jump? And I was like, sure. Cause I love trying new things. I still do. Um, but it wasn't something that was like on my heart to try. It was something that he saw. So. Wow. And it just came natural or how long did it take? Do you think before you're like, Oh yeah, I really like this. It did come natural because I actually was a gymnast, um, before uh-huh. I was a track athlete. And so the coordination thing kind of came naturally and it, it kind of flowed naturally from just the general plyometrics that we did as a team. Um, I loved it right away. Super fun. Um, but it is a weird event if you're not used to seeing it or doing it. Um, it's hard to catch on to. Um, just even teaching the rhythm of it to athletes can be a challenge sometimes. But um, it came natural to me and I loved it right away. Oh, that is amazing. Now, Ron, I have not forgotten about you. And you know, I think the world of you. But every time I talk to Shawnee, I always think he outkicked his coverage. He outkicked his coverage. Um, just amazing. When when you hear her tell these stories, Ron, I could just I can't even see you right now, but I can just feel that you just like beam with pride. Um, how is this for you? And and I also want to know the story about how you two got together to begin with. Uh, yeah, I mean, when I hear her talk about it, I just I was there for most of the like you know back stuff right out of college. Um, you know, competing by herself, working out by herself, um, you know, having to go to, you know, random places to be able to, you know, compete just to try to qualify for the Olympics. And so it, it is a long process. Um, I know in college it was a little bit different with how she trained because you had a structured situation. You had a structured um, group of coaches. You had a structured 
workout. Whereas, you know, once you leave college, you're on your own. So I kind of saw, um, you know, her ability to dedicate her time to, you know, getting her work done. I definitely was not that person. Um, (laughs) you know, I need structure. I needed coaches. Um, and I think that's, you know, that was just a big difference of watching that of like, I, I'm not a person that if I have to wake up at 6am by myself, you know, go work out. Um, so it's just, it's, it's just a difference. And also probably why we got along and, you know, stayed married as kids, even, um, we, we were just always on different schedules. Like I didn't mind being up at two, 3am with the kid when she needed to sleep. And, you know, to this day, I'm still up late for no reason sometimes, but we just, we just always found a way to, um, you know, make it work with the abilities of each other. And so I saw that in her early, just her work ethic, her, her willingness. And so now I see it carry over to our kids, uh, well, where sometimes they'll have her work, work ethic and then sometimes they'll have mine. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just a natural blend. But balance, yeah, no, right? it, it's, yeah, it was definitely was, you know, I think I appreciate it more now than I did then probably of like the accomplishment itself. Uh, just going to the Olympics, doing it, um, you know, less than 1%, less than 0.001% of the world gets to do that. Um, And so for her to be able to do that and, you know, represent our country, just, it was cool. And then, you know, having Tony Dungy, you know, call it out to the team before I left to go to China, Um, you know, little stuff like that. Like social media now is, is, is a thing. It wasn't then. And so Mm -hmm. seeing other players now where it's like one out of every probably 100,000 players gets to talk about, you know, their wife or girlfriend going to the Olympics. And so it's cool to kind of see, um, that kind of come full circle where now I'm a part of the world that gets to talk about it. Uh, where not everybody does. Yeah. And, and for, uh, many of these people that listen to this podcast, they're not even from Minnesota. So the, I want to give your background too there, Ron. Uh, Ron also at the University of Minnesota, huge standout wide receiver, drafted fourth round, 123rd overall. I love saying that by the Ravens in 2002. And I have to mention your dad too, because I know just how proud of your dad that you are, Ron Johnson Sr., defensive back for the Pittsburgh Steelers, two Super Bowl rings. Um, just amazing pedigree on your side too, Ron. I know I tease you and say you've outkicked your coverage, but I know you as a person and a professional on TV, but just the pedigree and um, the athleticism that you have yourself is something to be commended, playing for the Ravens, the Bears, Redskins, and then you even played arena ball, which I love the arena football too. Um, so you had mentioned, you know, China, you mentioned other things. When you have such an accomplished athletic background for yourself and you had a dad who played in the NFL, you know, I, I see uh, many athletes that have their fathers, especially on the men, that they lead the way and they either feel like they can't live up to them and they have a really hard relationship with their dad or they're just so enamored and thank you so much for leading this way that they have the relationship that you had with your dad. Um, how was that for you growing up? And was football just a love or is it just something like, hey, this is something I knew and it was just the rightful path for me? Um, I think it was something like my dad never actually wanted me to play football. So he was my really? baseball coach. Yeah, he never coached me in football ever. Like didn't huh. do drills, didn't. And not, you know, I think it was more so because he was my baseball coach. So we spent like every day throwing and catching and, 
we spent, you know, endless hours. Now that I coach my daughter, I see how much time it actually was. Like at the time, it, you didn't understand the right. time uh, because you're a kid. And so you don't see uh, what it takes to be the head coach of a youth, you know, sports team. And then it's free. You know, you're doing it for just your time. It's You're not getting paid to coach. Because uh, as a kid, that's one thing, you know, we didn't know. We assumed dads and parents out there were getting paid. Um, right. And now you realize it's it's just de- donating time. Like you put a ton of time into it and not just your kid, other kids. Um, for him, it was, you know, he was driving all the kids around in vans and buses. And um, like we actually took a bus to Ohio. And I mean, this is the inner city of Detroit. So parents like now we go to trips with our daughter and all the families go, all the parents go. Like when we went, I remember I think we had like two chaperones uh, that were other coaches. And my dad did it all by himself and, you know, had to get hotel rooms and had to. Um, you know, make sure 12 little boys are paying attention in a hotel, which I couldn't imagine that now. We just did a trip with my daughter that's 11. And I'm like, I could not imagine trying to keep up with 12, 11 year old girls. And so my dad did it with boys and, um, you know, little stuff like that. I think our relationship was always built on um, just time. But at the time, I didn't understand it. I just did it. And it was what it was. And I think that's maybe why it's in me now. I just naturally do it and I don't question it. Um, I just think it's what God asks us to do is to spend time. Um, you know, money is going to be there and stuff's going to be there and then it goes away. But time is something that you can always say you had and you did and you can remember it. And so I think that was it. You know, like me and my dad had our, we definitely had our tough times of arguments because, you know, I thought I knew more than him when I got older in high school and college. Don't we all? Um, We always think we all know more than our parents at one point, right? (laughs) But after that, you know, as I got older, older, then I started appreciating it because I started understanding the relationship with, you know, Mel Blunt and Tony Dungy and Donnie Schell and, you know, Franco Harris and me and Joe Green and all those guys when they came back to his funeral. And so um, I never understood how important or impactful that was when I think about like me and my teammates and who would, who would come to my funeral, you know, and that's what I always thought about when I saw my dad's teammates come, um, that even though he was not going to probably be a hall of famer, you know, he still won two Super Bowls. He still was a first round draft pick. Um, but they, you know, as a teammate, they respected him to enough to, you know, come to Detroit, uh, out of their busy schedules. And I still talk to some of those guys now and text back and forth and so on and so forth. But, for me, that was my relationship with my dad. You know, it was sports, but it was never football. It was basketball. It was the baseball. He never coached me in football. Um, and I don't know if that was on purpose because he didn't want right. people to feel like he's the reason I'm doing it or he's pushing me to do it. Um, he actually did coach football, which is even funnier. Um, he coached the older kids. He never coached me. So if I was 10, he would coach the 12-year-olds. When I was 12, he coached the 14-year-olds. Um, and I think it was also one he was at. We all practiced at the same field. So he was there with me and he knew where I was and I knew where he was, but I don't think he ever wanted people to feel like my son's playing because I'm the coach. Right. Um, and so I never like in basketball, football, other than baseball. Cause it's like, you can hit, you can hit, you can catch, you can catch. And I played catcher. Not a lot of kids want to play catcher. Um, so I don't think he ever cared about that. Cause he's like, everybody gets to bat. So if my son can hit, he can hit. If he can, he can't, if he can play second base. He can, you know, but football and basketball can definitely be impacted by a parent putting their kid in the game more. And so he didn't ever want that to be something. And so, yeah. And then in high school, same thing. I played receiver. He coached the defensive backs. Like he always <laughs> was around. 
Um, he loved to donate his time, but he just never wanted to physically say, I'm the reason he's doing it. He never said that out loud, but as I'm older now, I can see that. Um, you know, and but he made sure he was there. He never wasn't like I I can't think of a game he wasn't at. I can't think of a sporting event he wasn't at. Um and it just feels different now as a as a father now being here in this in this moment, I can see the difference. Um and not say my mom wasn't there, but she just wasn't as sportsy, you know, into it as my dad was. Um and so it was just it's it's always been cool even when I went to the Ravens. So yeah, I think that was our relationship growing up athletically. I definitely got it all from both my parents. My mom was a cheerleader in college on scholarship. Um, she reminds us that all the time. Yes, she does. <laughs> I wish Johnny laughed. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was a scholarship cheerleader that could do backflips off of walls, and she was super athletic. Um, so she reminds us that, that, you know, we get it from both of them. And I think our kids are going to end up being the same way. You know, they both, you know, they have genetically um, two parents and grandparents that, you know, have, have a lot of stuff they can put into them mentally and physically. So, yeah, it's been a fun ride. Well, if you had to pick one um, of your favorite moments in the NFL, what would it be? Uh, ooh, I don't know. I mean, I'd say, of course, the first game I ever played and I scored a touchdown. Um, first game? First game, yeah, first game of the Woo! year. Welcome to the NFL, um, wow. So that was a fun experience. Got it challenged. So first, you know, <laughs> First experience with the challenge flag and how that worked. Um, it went our way though. Um, but I'll never forget John Fox was the coach of the Panthers and he I was looking and he threw the flag and I had never actually experienced it. And then I had to sit there, couldn't celebrate, and then eventually they said it was a touchdown, which kind of took the took the thrill away from it, but still was a touchdown. Um, so that was one. I think the other one was playing the Steelers, because it was my dad's team. I grew up as a Steelers fan. Um, so traveling to Pittsburgh for the first time, my dad was there. Uh, he flew down and, and he sat on the Steelers side. So I think that was um, just who he was. He was going to be true to himself. Um, he said he would never celebrate Baltimore or the Colts besides me uh, if they're playing the Steelers. Um, but yeah, he, he definitely sat on the Steelers side, wore a Steelers jacket with his teammates. Um, but it was fun to you know go to Pittsburgh. I was born there. Um, or not born there. I grew up there. My sister was born there, but just being in Pittsburgh was a good memory. Um, I don't even remember if we won and lost the game. Um, but I do know going there and playing had a good game, but yeah, I don't even remember if we won that game or not, but I, I remember that was a big memory too. Just the first time going back, I guess you want to call it going back home, yeah. um, to play. Shawnee, how did you guys meet? Huh? Well, both of us would probably tell different versions of this story. <laughs> That's why I went to you first. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell the version, the parts that at least we both agree on. Um, okay. So I actually met him the very first day I moved into the dorms freshman year. So he had already been on campus with the football team. Um, and I just remember walking through the hallways with a friend. And I walked by his room. And I'll never forget, he had... The door opened. He was sitting on a chair or stool playing a video game. Um, and <laughs> I remember him trying to get my attention and I just kept walking. <laughs> Are you going to agree with that? Um, yeah, exactly. That's what happened. And then I kept walking, went about my day. Um, and then later that night, we ended up in the same kind of, you know, all the athletes were pretty much friends. And so we right. ended up in the same group of people at Buffalo Wild Wings, I think. 
Um, and we became friends right away. We were friends all through college, um, same friend group. And then we didn't start dating until what, like a couple months before Ron graduated. So like three and a half years later. Oh, wow. What made you guys decide, all right, let's date then? <laughs> that's a, that's a good question too. No, we, um, actually our senior year, one of the fraternities on campus was hosting like this formal, like gala dance. And our big group of friends had been planning on going like just all as a group. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, people started pairing off. I don't know what happened. It's kind of one of those things where all of a sudden <laughs> him and I were organic. going together. <laughs> yep. I just, yeah, right. Organic. Um, and so anyways, I just remember him picking me up. He had like rented a limo and he came in with, with a suit on. And I was like, okay, like I see you. <laughs> and we went to this dance and we had the best time. We danced all night. We had so much fun. Um, and, you know, from there forward, that was it, right? Like we were together from there on out. It happened very slowly, but quickly. <laughs> I was going to say, Ron, when did you know? Like, she's it. When I walked by his room freshman year. <laughs> you can see his face right now, Don. <laughs> He's like, I'm you know, glad there's no video. Eyebrows. Yep, that's what he looks like right now. Go ahead. You want to tell your version? Go ahead. I'd say like when we were friends at one point, um, I think I met her, like her sister and her dad or something. And then her dad asked me, like, I don't know. I can't remember what he asked me, but I had never actually thought about like actually trying to, cause I didn't really have a girlfriend. Like I definitely wasn't like looking for a girlfriend. Um, and then her dad asked me a question and then I started like, kind of thinking about it then. So I don't know. That would have been like my junior year, maybe. Yeah. Right. Um, it was way like before my that. sophomore junior year. That's <laughs> when I like seriously kind of thought about it. Um, and then like my senior year though, like I was going to actually leave school early and I just kind of told her that. And then after that, then I started like figuring out like, okay, we can hang out more. And then she actually did like hang out at like homecoming, but my, cause my mom asked, are we dating then? And I was like, nope, we're not. And then we were. So. <laughs> we weren't. And then we were. Yeah. Moms know beforehand. That's why she asked. Yeah, they so, do. Uh, that's true. How cool is it now? Um, so you're married, you've got two beautiful daughters who are becoming unbelievable athletes. You're, you guys are, like I said, a power couple here in Minnesota, but you're both in the hall of fame, um, as gophers. How cool is that? Well, it's very exciting. Although, you know, I was there a little bit before Ron, I had to wait for him (laughs) to join me. (laughs) Dragon rides, chuck that up. (laughs) (laughs) But he finally got there. Um, it is a really cool um, thing for us both to be in there. It was really the sweetest part of it, though, was being able to be there, I think, with our daughters, um, yes. to your point, um, and to be able to celebrate that with them. And well, you know, we don't, at the end of the day, like we, we don't care if our girls end up, you know, living up to maybe the accomplishments that we did. Um right. That's unimportant to us. We love that they love sports and, you know, we love that life. It's totally for us. But, um, but it is important for them to see 
how you um, work towards whatever goal it is that you have, um, whether it's athletics or something else, academic or in the arts or whatever it is, um, it's good for them to see um, and to hear about the work that was put in to get to where we are now, because that's important for whatever they choose to do, that they are willing to put in the work. I was going to say, Shawnee, for you, you must be so proud to see your daughters and, and how the world has changed from when you were younger and started getting into athletics and, and how far it's come. Oh, yes. Yeah. So many more um, opportunities. I think um, girls in sport are seen and um, celebrated so much more now than they were back then and supported, I would say. Right. Um, and that, I mean, and we still have a ways to go, but it feels like the sky's the limit for them for sure. Um, and that, and as a mom, right. Love that. Right. Yes, of course. We're here Ron, for it for sure. <laughs> Ron, as a girl dad, uh, what have you learned, um, in these not even the years now of them being athletes, but just in general, how, how's that changed you being a girl dad? Um, I think just more like compassion, like trying to learn that, like, I don't know. I think boys are just, they're, they're seen differently growing up um, for reasons that I see now in the world. And so just having girls, it's shown me a different light of just everything. I kind of pay attention to a lot more now. Um, I realize like, you know, like my youngest, every time she sees me, she wants a hug. My oldest one doesn't, you know, so just seeing the differences in them now um, <laughs> as age takes over and gets older and, you know, emotions, but just learning that they're, they're both like physically, mentally strong, but also um, it's important to like, understand they're delicate and how they can be crushed with words or, you know, actions. And so just trying to always, um, I guess, do what's right for them without spoiling them too much. Um, right. and I think that's a hard balance. Um, cause you don't want to say no, but then you know, you have to. Right. Um, <laughs> so I think that's, that's it where, I mean, honestly, like boys, you, I feel like you can beat boys up. You can, you know, like you just hear coaches, how they talk to boys versus girls. I think there's some girls that can handle it. Some girls can't. Some boys that can handle it. But most boys are taught to handle it. Um, right. And I think that's the difference in like even how the media portrays sports with kids. So that's why with me and them, it's I think they've changed me. Like they've made me a little bit softer, um, a little bit more open to like letting them ask me questions and, and responding um, cause I know it comes from a place of just general, like, I don't know the answer to this versus like, I think if I would have boys, I'd probably be a little bit more like, dude, are you kidding me right now? Um, <laughs> and you know, with girls, I just, you know, I've learned like, they're just trying to figure it out and learn. And so I think it's, it's made me a little bit more compassionate, but I know it's definitely like uh, overall though, it's made me look at just everything I do now too of like, how are my kids affected by this? Or how are girls in sports affected by this? And so I put a lot of time and energy into that too, trying to find equity in women's sports, um, trying to find equity in the uh, participation in women's sports. And so, um, yeah, and I, so I have a lot of conversations around that too. Chad Greenway is the same way as four daughters. So he and I talk a lot 
about women's sports and uh, what's next and how can we grow this or how can we change this or what needs to be done here. So they've definitely changed just my broader look on life. You know, I love hearing that because I, I fully believe I'm like, wait till some of these powerhouse men have daughters. I can't wait to see it. And it's happening. Like I, I I've seen it happen with Chad. I've seen it happen with you. Uh, Shawnee, I, you must be just smiling when you, when you see him kind of grow in that capacity too, along with your daughter. So that's kind of, it's awesome. It's, it's the voice, Ron, it's the voices like you that we need more to, to power forward. Appreciate it. Well, before I let you go, Shawnee, are you coaching right now or, or, um, are you, what are you doing? I am, um, I am, so I'm coaching, I coach like high school athletes, some middle school, but high school, school, kind of smaller groups, about 10 kids, um, for each event group. And I do that on Sunday afternoons, like in the four or five months leading up to the high school track season, um, out of the indoor track at the university of Minnesota. So my old stomping grounds. Um, so I do that for just athletes in the twin cities area. And then I coach at the high school that I work at as well. I'm the head coach at Southwest Christian high school. in That's great. Uh, That starts up here. And before we know it, it already feels like spring weather today here. in I know. I know. I feel like (laughs) we should be out running. Yes. Yes. It's time for class season. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you're coaching the next generation of um, athletes. That's awesome. And Ron, I just want to give you a plug too. Everyone knows that you're on Fox night with me, but you, you've also been on K fan for years and you're locked on sports. The Ron Johnson show, I have to say is amazing. Um, so I'm just so happy the two of you are still contributing in the sports scene, raising awesome, badass women. I love it. And um, and I have to tell you, I think you're probably the best looking couple in Minnesota. So if there's, you know, <laughs> you, you know, you, you, if that's anything like added on top, I think, you know, you guys can be like the models. We should do like fashion shows and the, you, you two can just go out first. Like we'll just trade you guys out <laughs> first and then the rest of us will come up behind you in jeans and everything. But um, no, you're amazing people, beautiful on the inside as well as out. And, and just the athletic prowess is just a bonus on top of that in my book. So thank you so much for coming on and, and, and opening up to us. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank Thank you, you. Don. No, you guys are the best. We'll have to have (laughs) you on too next time when Ron's going to his daughters going, are you kidding me right now? Right, exactly. Because that will happen, Ron. (laughs) You think you're not going to get older. Like, really? Are you kidding me with that right now? That's what my dad said to me. All right. Thank you guys so much. (laughs) Appreciate you. (laughs) 